Boy, I'm glad that rugged cross is empty. My Lord doesn't hang on a cross anymore. He hung on it one time, and one time was sufficient to pay for the sins of all mankind. Amen. Take your Bible, if you would, and go to the book of Joshua with me this morning. The book of Joshua. And thinking about our country, thinking about where we are um, in our history. I think that uh, this passage the Lord put on my heart, I believe it's what we need to look at today. And I, I hope that you'll listen this morning with um, attentive ears about what I believe the Lord put on my heart. The book of Joshua, transition in the book of Joshua, we're moving out of Egypt and the wilderness and now we're ready to move into Canaan land, to a promised land. Aren't you glad that one day we're going to be leaving this world and moving to a place whose builder and maker is God? That's going to be home for eternity. The book of Joshua starts, though, with a very foreboding statement. I want you to look at it, verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou... And all this people in the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Now those are not small words. Moses was the man that God gave the Ten Commandments to on Mount Sinai. Moses was the man that God chose to deliver his people out of bondage in Egypt. Moses was a meek man, a mighty man. Moses was a man that God looked at as a friend and as a deliverer. And now we come to the beginning of the book of Joshua and it says that Moses, my servant, is dead. He's dead. I wish it weren't so. We had a funeral here yesterday of what I believe to be one of those kind of men that made Tabernacle Baptist Church, Brother Jim Murphy probably one that maybe others may not know about, but one certainly that would have contributed in ways that others may have never known about. And he was a good man, a kind man, but he died. His life ended. And you know, that's true of all of us. We all have a limited amount of time on this earth. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die. And good men die just like evil men die. And now Moses, Moses has died. Moses is dead. But God's word is not finished because it says that the Lord spake unto Joshua after Moses died. You know, when, when things die, that doesn't mean that God stops speaking. Maybe I can say it this way. The death of people that we know and the death of things that we know on this earth does not change the fact that we still have a living God. That death doesn't change him. And my words this morning are this. Listen, are you listening to me closely? The America that we once knew is dead. We can talk about make America great again and we can listen to all the campaign lines that people put out there trying to gain political office. But I'm telling you, the America that we read about in the 1700s and the 1800s and the revivals and the Great Awakening and all of those things, I'm telling you as a congregation this morning, that America is dead. Amen. It's dead. 
we can overturn Roe v. Wade or we can see that happen. We can see other things that may happen that gives us glimmers of hope of maybe trying not to step so far down a road to destruction and opposition toward God. But I'm telling you this morning, our country, I'm te- the majority of our country stands in opposition to the Bible I'm holding in my hand this morning. They don't want what's in this Bible. They don't want the guidelines, the principles. They don't want that ideology. They don't want that pushed on them. They want it to be kept inside the church. And that's not been the case in the past. Listen, I'm telling you right now, we had national revival in the past. We had times and seasons where there was great revival in this country, sweeping revival in this country. Listen, we experienced some of that back in the 50s. That's why this church is in existence. The late 40s and early 50s, the upstate is not, are you listening to me? The upstate is not a product of church splits. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't churches that exist because of splitting. But I'm telling you, I I have looked, I have talked to people. The upstate is filled with churches because there was a sweeping move of God in the late 40s and early 50s. A lot of folks got saved. That's why you got little churches and little communities all over this area. But I'm telling you, the America that we knew, many of you, that, that country's dead. But that doesn't mean that God stopped speaking. Come on, somebody help me a little bit. That doesn't mean that the God we served is dead. That just means the country that we, what we started off with, that's dead. So does that mean that I hate America? No, but I'm telling you what, I'm going to stay in love with him because I've still got something I need to do. Now, lest you think I'm trying to preach a negative message, look in the passage at verse number 6. The Bible says only, excuse me, verse number 6, be strong and of good courage. Verse number 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. God tells Joshua, Moses is dead, but Joshua, you need to be strong and of good courage. Now, are you listening, church? America may be dead as far as what we knew from times past, but we need to be strong and of good courage and keep following the God of the Bible. Be strong, of good courage. That's repeated again by the people of of Israel to Joshua. Look at verse number 18. Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandments and will not hearken unto thy words, and all that thou commandest him shall be put to death. That's the people speaking. Only be strong and of good courage. Listen, Joshua is being told and encouraged. Listen, Moses is dead. We've come to a point of, of turning. But Joshua, you be strong and of good courage. You have some courage in your heart. I've been told that courage is not the absence of fear, but that courage is overcoming your fear. There are a lot of things that we might be afraid of that are looking at this country, but I'm telling you right now, we don't have to fear God. We don't have to fear for being forsaken. There may be things that you're afraid of, but I'm telling you right, we don't have to fear God breaking His promises. So we need to be strong and of good courage. How can we be strong? Three quick points and then I'm going to get to my message. Number one, we ought to be strong in faith. Come on, listen, are you listening to me? What America decides about the Bible should not have any effect on what you believe about the Bible. 
What you believe about this book is not affected by the Supreme Court. It's not affected by the politics in South Carolina. It doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House. Are you, li are you listening to me? It doesn't matter who's running the country. That should not affect your faith. Your faith should be solid in the Bible. It doesn't matter what is taught in the public schools. I'm not for CRT. I'm not for the woke ideology we have in this country. I wish that every person in every political office was born again and carried a King James Bible. But if they don't, I'm not going to weaken my faith in this book. I'm going to stand on what this book has to say. I need to be strong and of good courage in faith. Somebody help me, would you please? That breaks my heart to think my country is turning its back on God. But I'm telling you, as a church, that doesn't affect us. We ought not to turn our back on God. In fact, we ought to lean more heavily on him now than we ever have. We ought to be strong in faith. We ought to be strong in the Lord. You know, right now, people talk about how weak our president is has to read things off of a card to know who to ask questions to and off a teleprompter. And, and we exude weakness in front of other nations. And you know what? That bothers some of us. You know what? And, and it may be very well true. Maybe, he's, maybe he is in control of all of his mental faculties. But the bottom line, I'm you, are you listening to me? The bottom line is I may not be able to be strong in the president of my country, but I sure can be strong in the Lord. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hey, whoever's in the White House, their strength is not what I'm standing in. I'm standing in the strength of our God. You understand when Ephesians was written, Rome was ruling? You do understand that. The Roman Empire was ruling when Paul, through the hand of the power of the Holy Ghost, wrote, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I can hear somebody say, Well, don't you understand how powerful Rome is? And they've shut down our opportunity to worship and they're taking away our, our jobs and they're, they're doing I, I, that, that very well may be true. Are you listening to me? I need to be strong and courageous, not only in my faith, but I need, hey, are you listening? We need to be strong in the Lord. There is no way David Edens did what he did in Niger by his own strength. If you talk to that man about, listen, I don't know how many of y'all heard him. He said, an, an, I'm, an, I'm am or imam? Imam. I didn't get it right on either one, did I? An imam. An imam is one that is a leader in the mosque. It would be like somebody that is the priest at the Catholic church. He said an imam got saved. How many think it probably took God to do that? And now that imam not only is reading the Bible, but is he telling other people about Jesus Christ? So you got a man that used to lead what we would equivocate a Muslim church, and now he's born again, and he's talking to them about the Bible. Oh, my. So, hey, that had to be God. Well, no, that was Brother David Eden's linguistic ability to put the things down right, and it was his personality that gained the day, and it was his nonstop pervasiveness and his consistency of knocking on that man's eye. I'm for all of those things. Use all of your gifts, all of your ability. Hey, but we are not standing in our strength. We should be standing in the power of the Lord. And what happens outside these walls should not change that. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you think God's just as strong today as he ever was? Does anybody think God's in heaven wringing his hands right now? You might think God's in heaven biting his fingernails. 
You think he's calling somebody to bring him some Maalox and Rolades and all that? You think he's saying, hey, we need some Prilosec and Pepsi and Nexium and all the things that we take? You and I may be filled with fear and trouble. That's because we're very frail. Hey, God is not frail. God is not weak. And God is not diminished at all by the conditions that surround us. So our country may be dead, but our God's still alive. So why don't you stand in his strength? Why don't you stand in faith believing the Bible? The third thing I'd mention to you is we need to be strong in grace. Now, please don't quit on me. You know, I still believe that we ought to have a standard of morality among God's people. And what I mean by that, I think we ought to be distinct in our dress. I think, I think a man should dress like a man. I think a woman should dress like a woman. I believe that. I, I think that my hair should be cut like a man's haircut, and I think that a woman should have her hair cut like a woman. I believe that. I believe there ought to be a, I believe there ought to be a standard of holiness when it comes to what I put into my body. I, I don't think that I need to be putting a substance like alcohol or marijuana on the inside of this body that's said to be a temple of the Holy Ghost. This body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He bought it with a price. I believe we ought to have a standard of morality. All right. But I also believe there are many differences in opinions about what people believe to be moral and what people believe to be convictions. And all I'm just saying is that we ought to be strong in grace toward brethren and other churches that are outside of this church. Now, I, I'm going to say to our guests that are here this morning, no offense to you, I heard that we have several. How many, how many of y'all are from Georgia this morning? Can I see your hand? Anybody here from Georgia? How many from Georgia? All right. We're, we're, we're glad you're here today. How, how many of you think that y'all have a great church from Georgia? How many of you think you have a great church? Well, if you don't raise your hand, I'm going to tell your pastor that you didn't believe in that. <laughs> All right. How many of you from Tabernacle think that we have a great church? Amen. How many of you are satisfied where you are? Amen. All right. I guarantee you they do things differently in Georgia than we do here. While they do things differently just down the road, my dear friend, Brother Scott Dean's church. Does anybody think that Scott Dean would pastor like anybody else in the world? <laughs> There's nobody like Scott Dean. So why would I have to say, well, you don't do it? Why would I feel the need to criticize what somebody else that loves the Lord and believes the Bible is doing when I've got all I can do to take care of the problems I have in the old church that I live in? I think that I ought to be gracious to them. In other words, I ought to give, listen, I, I, you know what? I, by the way, how many of you folks from Georgia raise your hand again? How many of y'all are, are Bulldog fans? You know, I wouldn't admit it either. <laughs> and he doesn't know it, but I'm, you know I'm a big Alabama fan. And, and you know, but you know, li listen, to let a difference about something that is so petty keep us from worshiping the same God together is not wise on God's people's part. Listen, you know, I, I, dress, I, I dress in white shirts. I, I preach the white shirt on I do that really because it makes it easy when I go to the, to the closet. I got one color to pick out, right? White goes with everything, right? Now, I know we got, we got young men. I'm sure if we got somebody around here, we got probably somebody, one of you young men that are color coordinated, they got all kind of colors going on. Who is that? Jimmy. Oh, Lord. Stand up, Jimmy. Stand up, Jimmy. Stand up, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Stand up, Jimmy. Your daddy's going to come down from heaven and get you if you don't. Turn around and look now. He got a white jacket and a red shirt. And I, I've heard people criticize 
people that wear a white, that only wear a white shirt or people that wear a colored shirt. You know what I think that is? That's a lack of being strong in grace. There was a time I had no TV in my house. Had no TV in my house. Now, now we have a TV in my home. But then there are people that throw rocks at people that don't have TVs, people that throw rocks at people that do have televisions. You know, and these are people that believe the Bible, support missions, and look, and, and I know, I, I'm, right now I'm sure somebody is cringing. Nobody's saying that you can't do what you think is right for your family. The problem is when you do what's right for your family, listen, some of you may think that growing a garden is the best way to feed your family. There are others of us that cannot do that. No, I mean literally. I don't have enough space in my yard to feed my, I don't even have enough space in my yard to feed rabbits. <laughs> I couldn't grow food to feed my family now if I wanted to. We don't have enough property. Now, I think it's healthy. But again, I'm, what I'm saying is when we allow personal things to divide us, when really somebody that believes Jesus is the only Savior, somebody that believes the Bible, the King James Bible is the Word of God, somebody that believes in music that is spiritually minded, hey, we ought to be for those kind of people. Amen. That doesn't mean I've got to go to their church. Doesn't mean I have to go to their church. Be strong in grace. Because I'm going to tell you something. Are you listening to me? We need each other. We abs listen, we absolutely need each other. And if you're of the mindset, I don't need anybody, that just shows how shallow your understanding is of the enemy that we face. We face an unbelievably strong enemy. Just like Joshua going into the promised land, there were giants there. They were walled in their cities. No way they're going to be able to get that job done until they all walk around Jericho together. Seven days not saying one word. Nobody fussing. Then the seventh day they let out a shout and the walls fell down. You know who did that? God did that. So what I'm saying is you've got to be strong in faith. You've got to be strong in grace. You've got to be strong in the Lord because what happens in our country should not affect those things. Listen, we may be so divided and people may hate one another, but we ought not to be those people. I, I was in line at the grocery store the other day. I, I'm not there very often. How many of you men do not go to the grocery store very often? All right. Okay. So some, we must have a lot to do. The only thing I would say is never go to the grocery store hungry. Is that good advice? You'd be better off stop and get you a Chick-fil-A meal before you go in the grocery store. Otherwise, you're going to come back with a whole lot you may not need. Well, I was in the grocery store, and a lady, a lady, I had just a little bit in my hand. She said, here, you come right on in front of me. I said, no, no, that's fine. I can wait. She said, no, no, come in front of me. I said, okay. So I got in front of her. And when I did... You know those little divider things that you put in there and divides your stuff from their stuff? I reached over and I took like two things of yogurt and I put it on mine and I said, let me pay for those. She said, no. I said, yeah, I'm going to pay for those. So I paid for it. And in the middle of me paying for it, the lady behind the cashier, you know what she said? She said, she said ma'am, you just ought to just take that as a blessing from God and be happy with it. <laughs> Gave me an opportunity to say something. I'm, again, I'm not, I'm, all I'm just saying is, why can't we be gracious? Come on, if anybody's experienced grace, wouldn't it be a child of God that's been born again? For by grace are you saved through faith. We ought to be a gracious people. 
So he says, be strong and courageous. And these are things that we need to be strong and courageous in. Let, let me point out one other thing to you, and then we'll finish the day. There, there's, there are four things, four things to write down. We've, we've just now started. Look at these things. Joshua chapter 1. Why do I need to be strong and courageous? My country is dead. It's, it's, not, what it, it's not what it used to be. Okay. Be strong and courageous. Your God's not dead. Look at verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Here's why. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Now, now listen, when you read that, he's talking about dividing a land that has not been possessed. Do you understand that? When he says to Joshua, Joshua, unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them, it hasn't been possessed. That means that there is a fight that has to take place. There's a fight to be won. And I would say this morning, listen, if for no other reason we need to be strong and courageous, we ought to be strong and courageous because there's a fight that needs to be won. Are you listening to me? Paul said, I have fought a, can you say it for me? There is a good fight. Now, some fights are not good, but there is a good fight. When you're involved in the fight for the souls of men, when you are stretching yourself and straining yourself, trying to get the gospel like Daniel is to his mother and dad today, I know there is a battle going on. There's a battle going on in the hearts of his parents. There's a battle going on from the devil and his minions. There's a battle going on with the God of heaven that sent his son to die for their sins. And Daniel's involved in that fight. And hey, I'm telling you, there's a fight that needs to be won. So you've got to be strong in faith and strong in grace and strong in the Lord. There's a fight that needs to be won. He says this land is going to be divided and if you're going to divide it, then you've got to fight. You've got to conquer. Many verses in the Bible speak about fighting the good fight, contending earnestly for the faith, that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, enduring hardness as a good soldier. I'm not saying something that's not in the New Testament. Throughout the New Testament, you're encouraged to be in that battle, that fight of faith. You know, we used to sing the song when I was a kid, Onward Christian Soldiers. Well, a soldier is made to occupy. I think we ought to keep planting churches. Come on, I, I know there's some people that say, why in the world do you need to plant churches? Look in Greenville, they're, they're everywhere. Well, the rest of the country is not like Greenville. I'm telling you right now, they need, they need churches up north. Amen. Connecticut, New Jersey. They need them in Canada. I heard somebody say New York. That's right, New York. They need them in California. They need them in Montana. They need them in Wyoming. There are all kinds of places that need Bible-believing churches. There is a fight that still needs to be won. And then secondly, secondly, look what the Bible says there at the end of verse 6, for an inheritance... Divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto the fathers to give them. There's a, there's a possession to be passed on. Not just a fight to be won, but a possession to be passed on. You know, there are a lot of people that get really upset when it comes time to divide up the last will and testament of a father or of a mother. Because when they look at, well, I want this, and well, this is something that Dad said that I could have. And I, I've heard people talk about that. They even came to Jesus and, and said, listen, t tell my brother he needs to divide the inheritance with me. 
very upset about what was not given to them or what they expected to have. And you know, many of us in the auditorium, many of us, we, we have we have plans to give what we have to our children. I can remember when I was with my brother and my dad on vacation. My dad would do the same thing just about every vacation. Some point of our we'd be on vacation. Now we're on vacation. Maybe we'd be up in the mountains. Maybe we'd be at the coast. He'd say, "Okay, boys, y'all come with me." And we knew what was fixing to happen. We'd go into a room. He'd shut the door, and he'd start telling us about this is where my life insurance policy is. These are the accounts that I have. And he'd start talking about all, and he'd want to carry us through all these assets that he had. And every year he would give us an update. And every year we'd tell him the same thing. Dad, we don't need to know what kind of money you have. You ought to go spend it on yourself and mom. But he wanted to make sure that we knew that there was an inheritance to be had. And he did that until his Parkinsonism would not allow him to do it. He wanted us to know, I've laid up something for you. I'm trying to take and give you something. I want to pass something along to you. And I, I'd say this morning, listen, I hope that we are not like Hezekiah. You know, Hezekiah said, is it not good if there is peace in my day? I'm not worried about the people that come behind me. I, I don't know how many of you, our country is writing checks that our children and grandchildren can't cash. And I, I believe that people right now are more concerned we're going to live in the moment and the next generation is just going to have to just, they're just going to have to get by the best they can. Well, that's not what we want. In fact, I, I know what I'm about to say. I know you believe in this. How many believe that we ought to be able to pass along a church that still believes in the Bible being preached? Instead of saying, oh my goodness, he went past the time again. And I just thought, I mean, we just be here. We're here all the time and, and uh, slipping their sleeve. I heard Dr. Seidner say he'd rather a man pull a gun on him than to slip that watch on his sleeve. <laughs> I, I want to pass along to the next generation the idea that preaching still gets the job done. That you need preaching, that you don't need, need drama and remove the pulpit. Listen, as long as God lets me stay here, and I don't know how long that'll be, I want there to be a pulpit right here in the middle of this platform because I believe there needs to be preaching. I want to pass along the church to our next generation that still believes that hymns are worth singing. Right. I want to pass along a church where they think that worship is okay. <laughs> I, I don't want this place to ever become a place, well, you know, we got to be quiet, nod. In Alabama, listen, the church I was raised in Alabama, great church, they, they, they only knew how to say amen in unison. That's, that's what that's the way they, they did. So on this side, if you can just help me, if you can just say amen on the count of three. Amen. How about right in the middle? Amen. How about over here? Amen. All right, let's try it all together one time. Ready? One, two, three. Amen. That's the way it was in my church. Bobby Grubbs became our pastor. <laughs> Bobby Grubbs, Bobby Grubbs from Tennessee, I don't know how tall he was, probably weighed over 400 pounds. And I can still, I was a little, I was a, I was a kid, I was, I was a child, young man. And he'd get to preaching, he, he'd get to preaching, and he'd go, whoop, glory. Glory. 
And some of y'all are laughing, but in our church, you know what they were doing? <laughs> I remember him, he brought in Billy Kelly. Yeah, he brought in Billy Kelly. I'm telling you, it's a great church. Bible-believing church, supported missions, had great pastors in it. How many of you think Billy Kelly probably went a little bit farther than, whoop, glory? <laughs> Absolutely. And people didn't know what, they didn't know how to take that. I, I'm, I'm glad that I pastor people that don't get embarrassed when somebody says, amen, preacher. I'm glad that people don't get embarrassed when somebody pulls out a hanky and starts waving a little bit. I'm glad people around here let people go ahead and still lift their hands and praise the Lord. I, I, I don't want that ever to change because we want to pass along a church that believes in worship. We want to pass that along. Brother David Eden started off by talking about missions. We want to pass along a missions burden to the next generation. We don't want it to stop with the men that have gone out and the men that have been buried. Listen, people like Dan Truax and, and, and Brother Todd and, and Brother Rose, they're in heaven now. We have others that have aged that are still here. But you know what? We ought, hey, we ought to still be sending people to the mission field. We ought to pass that to the next generation. There's something that needs to be passed on to the next generation. Then look with me if you would there in verse number 7. The Bible says, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Can I say this? There, there's a word that needs to be kept. I, I was... I was uh, I was moving the, the radio dial. I know Brother Dean says tear off the knobs after you get it at 91.5, but I was moving the radio dial, and I heard a song about this blessed old book I hold in my hand. It is true from beginning to end. It's a solid foundation where I firmly stand. Sin keeps me from it, and it keeps me from sin. I thought, what's a good song? And I started listening to it, and then I forgot to wonder, well, what, what radio station is playing that, and the radio station playing that? Well, they have people that don't even believe that this is the Bible. They don't preach from this blessed old book. They preach from another book. L listen, folks, we need to keep what God has written down. When I came here, I came here in my mind knowing that, listen, this church has stood on the Bible being inspired, preserved, and without error. That is where this, this church stood that way back in 1952 when it began in that little chapel back there, and then when it moved out here in 57, and then when Dr. Aiken came in and, and became the, the pastor of this church, it stood right there those 21 years he stood, and I'm telling you, the, the almost six years that I've been here, I'm, we're still standing on the same place. We're going to keep this book, and we're going to place it above men's opinions. And it's not something we use, hey, it's something we believe. Right. And what I'm saying is there's a word. He's saying that they mayest observe to do according to all the law, to turn not from it to the right hand or the left. Hey, I, we don't, listen, if we need a new version to reach the young people, then really what we're saying is that this Bible is not sufficient. I disagree. I think this Bible is sufficient to take care of the needs of every person, young, old, or, or it doesn't make any This Bible is enough. It's enough. There's a word to be kept. 
Amen. That's why we've got to be strong. We've got to be courageous because there's a word to be kept. Men's words cannot be trusted. God's word never fails. So there's a word to be kept. And then lastly, if you look there in verse number 9, have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And I told you, I started off, America's dead. Amen. Moses, Moses was dead. But it didn't change the fact that we have a living God. And I believe that we ought to be strong and courageous because there's a fight to be won. There's something to be passed on to the next generation. I think we ought to be strong and courageous because God's given us a word to keep. But I also believe if you look at it there in verse number 9, that we ought to be strong and courageous because there's a fellowship to enjoy. I'd like to say this morning, I'm not here because I got paid to be here. I'm here today because I like being here. In fact, I'm going to be back tonight, but I'm not going to be back tonight because we have barbecue, a quartet, and fireworks. I'm going to be back tonight because I like the fellowship with the saints of God. Listen, America may turn its back on God, but you can turn toward Him. Come on, listen. The fellowship our country has with God shouldn't change the fellowship that you have with our God. You can have as much fellowship with God as you want to. You can, listen, God can get in your car while you ride down the road on the way to work. Come on now. You can fellowship with God in your house. In fact, I'd tell you this, you ought to be fellowshipping with God because, listen, our God is a living God that is not confined to the four walls inside of a building. God is much bigger than that. We ought to fellowship with Him, but then we ought to fellowship with one another. There's a fellowship to be enjoyed. I, I don't know how many of you feel this way, but I, I, listen, I think that we are privileged to be part of a church that is strong on the Bible and strong in missions and has a great music ministry. But, but listen, we have some wonderful people that are just a blessing to be around. So we've got to be strong and courageous. There may not be as many of them out there as there are in here, but oh, I think there's a lot in here. Have you ever, you ever thought about Elijah? He said, you know, Lord, it's all in me. There's nobody but me. And he said, no, no, that's not true. I got, I got 7,000 down there that hadn't bowed the knee. You know, at work, you, might, you may feel like at work you're the only person in your neighborhood. You may feel like you're the only person. But I'm telling you, you step inside the doors of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you know what you find out? There's a whole lot more people like me here than, than there is anything else. Amen. Amen. This is my crowd. So we got to be strong and courageous. Because the country may turn its back on God, but we can fellowship with Him. The country may turn its back on biblical principles, but we can maintain them. Listen, the, the, the country may, may say, we don't want anything to do, anything to do with eternity. But we can continue the good fight of faith. And I'm just going to encourage you. I'm going to encourage me. Be strong and courageous. Be strong in faith. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in grace so that we can pass something on to the next generation. They may hate the Lord outside this building, but we ought to love the Lord inside this building. There ought to be a joy here. Now, Brother Ken, if you'll come to Oregon, this is the way I'd like to end the service this morning. Miss Judy, you're welcome to come to the piano as well.
I, I would encourage you, you can come and pray for our country, but here's what I think I'd like you to do this morning. We, we're not praying yet. How many of you think that you know of other excellent churches in our area with good pastors and good people that love Jesus in the Bible? How many of you know somebody like that? How many of you know of a church that may be struggling? A pastor that may be struggling? A people that may be struggling? You know what I think we ought to do today? I think we ought to get on the altar and pray for those people and say, God, would you help encourage them? Would you help them to be strong and of good courage? We don't need more doors closing. We need God to help those inside those places to keep standing for right. So if you'd stand at your feet, please, I'm going to encourage you. Our churches need prayer. Our pastors need prayer. Our, our missionaries need prayer. God, please help them to be strong and courageous. Ken, if you can go ahead and play. Dr. Dayton, you're welcome to sing. We ought to fill up an altar. We may not be praying for our country, but we ought to fill up an altar praying for our people, our churches. They need it. They need it. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is seeking sand. All other ground is seeking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand his oath is covenant his blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way he then is all my hope and stay on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand when he shall come with trumpet sound oh may I then in him be found rest in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand Amen Well praise the Lord for a good God Amen and a good country tonight 6 o'clock We'll be right here. The old time preacher's quartet will be here as well. And uh, please bring your friends, family. We hope on the hill 
up at the pavilion to get a little bit of salvation preached in there that somebody might get saved. And I would say this, I didn't preach salvation today, but if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you're missing out on one of the true blessings of life. It is a blessing to know, you go, know where you're going when you die and leave this world. It's a blessing to know <laughs> that all your sins are forgiven. I mean the worst ones and then the smallest ones. And maybe we'll see some of that tonight. Please continue to pray for Daniel Pharaoh's family today. God would save him, all right? God bless you. Thank you for being here. You're dismissed. <clears throat>